we interrupt your regularly scheduled programming to bring you this breaking Fred alert spotted today on Napoleon heading towards the river at Perrier was a gentleman in a, riding a F8 Pinarella, a long-sleeved T-shirt, an Astana-branded lid, one bidon on the down tube, and the second bidon in his bike shorts. Whomst man is this? Come get him. Well, good evening, and welcome to episode 67 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. Hey there, Bodie. This is the T-Bone. And are you sure that wasn't a portable speaker in his down tube? Might have been. Well, it certainly wasn't a portable speaker uh, that shoved into the butt crack of his bike shorts. Uh, Castelli bike shorts, too. Uh, yeah, so if anybody knows who... Uh, this dentist is uh <laughs> please contact us at the yeah you ride uh podcast um so it's a uh, yeah you ride at gmail.com sure is and you are good sir oh i'm so cheerio yeah i mean let have him email us i have an i won a bottle cage at this last bike now two bike races i did ago so i mm. will kindly lend uh we'll call him fred fred doe um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my yeah, bottle they, cage, like, so he Fre- doesn't have Fredo. to stick. I don't know. If Fred can afford a Pinarello F8, he can probably afford a second bottle cage. I just, I, I don't get it. I, I don't know. We, we're very curious. So, Well, actually, I can see that he has a small, uh, he has a mini pump mounted to the seat tube um, cage mount. Maybe he didn't realize that he can also mount a cage on there as well at the same time. Uh, so uh, maybe he just needs a little bit of education there that he could actually mount that there. And uh, what do we think about tucking a bead on into your? They they can't be bibs because they don't look like they're high enough, right? Guys, breaking breaking news! <laughs> breaking news! I just did some further into investigation into this photo I took, and I realized it is a Bayou Bikes bidon in his butt crack. Oh, um, the plot thickens. <laughs> Yeah. So, any of our listeners from the Bayou Bikes shop, please, did you sell a bidon to a guy? Yeah. Did you, do you yeah, guys so, sell Pinarellos? Uh, I don't think they do, but they they'll do probably sell be familiar with it. helmets. Mm, they do. Maybe not branded in the Astana uh, Vino era uh, colorway. Oh, that would be uh, a discontinued model of the Evade that definitely. he's wearing. Um, so the guy rolls with the beat on tucked into his bike shorts. Uh, I got one question for you guys. Yes. Where do you think he carries his wallet? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Well, all right. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, that was just a fun sighting to, uh, start my Monday, my haggard Monday, as I tried to work through a major cross hangover, uh, from this weekend in Ridgeland. Um, but we're here Monday night. We're podcasting. Um, Townsend, how are you feeling from the weekend? I feel pretty good, uh, all things considered. I tell you what, I was wrecked on Sunday after uh, after my Saturday of racing, uh, my first ever Cat One Two Three race. Yeah. Um, although I have to say, it was a, first off. It, I mean, it was a blast. You and I rode that together. We had some fun. Yeah, we had a great time. Uh, most of it's most of it spent, or much of it spent, off the bike on the top of Heckle Hill. Um, I <laughs> the actually, top of the Fred Astaire's. Yeah, that's right. I, I actually stopped uh, mid race and took about a two minute nap. <laughs> uh, funny enough, I had raced the Masters race prior to that and done fairly well in that race. Finished in third place. That was a forty five minute race. I actually covered a longer distance in my 45 minutes masters 45 minute masters race than I did in my one hour cat one two three race. But Bodie, I would say by the time we rolled back into New Orleans at you know eight o'clock last night, after a long weekend of racing and spectating and just you know generally doing the deal, I was pretty wrecked. I mean, do we just do we just get right into the local race since we're since we're on the topic? Let's do it, man. We'll Let's skip, good. skip jump ahead. down to the bottom of the agenda and let's just talk about it. All right. Yeah. 
So this week was Delta State's Grand Prix Round 3 in Ridgeland, Mississippi. This third weekend, we've raced cross in Ridgeland. Towns in about our fifth uh, weekend in Ridgeland since August. Um, it's pretty much our second home. Uh, shout out to Lewis and Allison Harkey for once again taking us in and feeding us and uh, you know just really being badass supporters and friends. Uh, we had some muddy conditions at the Regent Trails today, It was or this weekend. Once again, another wet race. Um, yeah, although it wasn't raining from the sky, but it was raining from below for sure. It had rained a bunch, and the ground was super saturated, and uh, we just cut it into rough. it. It was pretty rough. It was, um, it was, at some points, it got pretty dumb and not challenging. Uh, so much so that we that next day on Sunday, me, you, and Jack, uh, who designed the course, reworked a few sections just to remove the most boggiest of peanut butter mud, unrideable sections. I mean, there were there were parts of that course that were just pretty stupid, but it was fun. Yeah, good time. Uh, good. We had a little bit reminiscent of years past. We had a, quite a crew stuck around for most of the day and hung out at um, Heckle Hill and. Gave out all sorts of libations and marshmallows, and at the second day, like you said, there was some very almost like Daft Punk uh, style like masks or like animal masks that people were wearing. Yeah, I actually missed all of those during the race. Yeah, I don't know how you possibly could have done that. I just <laughs> never looked at any of the people. Uh, my race was pretty shitty on day two, but I would anytime their course went downhill. I was trying hard. And anytime I went uphill, I was also trying hard, but I wasn't going as fast. Well, let me say this, Bodie. This is both a compliment <laughs> and, a, and, a, and, a, and a terrible um, sick burn Okay. at the same time. <laughs> okay. I'm going to echo that, and I'm going to say that absolutely, of everyone on that course, you were most definitely the fastest on that ripping sort of technical downhill section just past Tackle yeah. Hill right as you came yeah. down. That was fun. Tight, kind of twisty turns. Yeah. A little bit sketchy, too. You were going between those two fence posts. Yep. There was a big route right there. Yeah. You really had to hit that right. You were flying through that. Absolutely, you were faster than anybody else. Also, you're absolutely the slowest uphill. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the fact that I, you know, I probably weigh the most out of anybody that raced the one, two, threes. So, obviously, I go pretty fast downhill that once you turn it uphill, I freaking struggle. Um, just physics. Yeah, straight. Yeah, just, just math. Science right there. Newtonian, um, uh, that's gravity in effect right there. Really not a course for me, but I had a good time. Uh, the I've, I was happy because I mastered my fear of the berm. Good. I uh, got a little freaked out on day one. It was a little bit slick, kind of almost went off the berm kind of forgotten how to ride it but the end of day two the last few times down railing it no brakes just ripping it and well that was a that was a victory for me yeah i mean it also didn't help on day one that we showed up but well i should say by the time we showed up at the venue uh we got there about 15 minutes after lewis harkey had gotten there and yeah. by the time we got there lewis was already bloody yeah he had from crashed. having crashed on the berm yeah mm. uh so it sort of threw everybody into a little bit of a uh-oh and it was slick i mean wood it's a wooden berm uh it gets pretty slick i rode it on day two i did not ride it on day one i kind of psyched myself out but i rode it on day two frankly it was probably just as bad honestly on on day two the berm itself wasn't that wet but the ground and there was tons of mud in my tires so i was i wasn't getting great contact on day two either but it was fine i want to give a shout out um to some of our teammates um big shout out to christopher weiss who won the cat fives race on day two and you know nice. chris weiss is a guy who's kind of gone through a lot on the bike mm -hmm. i mean he's you know infamous or his incident is known as he got shot while riding his bike and has had pretty severe nerve damage. I've been a long recovery, but he seems to finally be kind of breaking through and, and being able to put some watts down. Um, yeah, look, I mean, absolutely. Uh, I would say star of the weekend, Chris Weiss, won the Cat 5 race on Sunday, finished second in the Cat 5 race on uh, Saturday, raced the lined up and raced the masters race immediately after that cat five race that was a race that i was in 
I've spent some time riding with Chris over the last year and a half, and I have to say, you know, when we lined up together, I thought, well, this is great that Chris is racing, um, but, you know, given the amount of trouble that he's had over the last year and a half in terms of, you know, a competitor or a threat yeah. for the podium, um, I was thinking when Chris lined up, you know, I mean, that's, you know, it's great that he's here, but he's probably not going to be able to hang with the front of this race. And Chris was on my ass for the first good half of that race. Um, and I was in third place. I was really thinking that, that, that my podium spot was, was in jeopardy, uh, and was both really happy for Chris, but also like WTF, man, this dude is like <laughs> twice as fast as he was the last time I rode bikes with him. So it's really nice to see that his fitness is, is coming back. Um, I did still beat him. So sorry, Chris. <laughs> I, uh, well, he has been, uh, doing some secret training in Europe in uh, the netherlands true. so that's right he's been riding on those canals and uh yeah. chasing windmills Hooked maybe he's with... been hitting some of mvdp's secret uh Ooh. spots in the woods there that's true yeah yeah but no that was awesome um my big shout out in addition to chris who you've just mentioned rudy horvath yeah junior racer won his first ever cat five race He's won a bunch of juniors races he's the reigning two-time reigning juniors uh, dsgp series champ but yeah, he lined up in the Cat Five race on Saturday, and um, rode away from the rode away from the race, rode away yeah. from the field. So super excited to see him. Uh, I think he's going to finish out the season as a Cat Five and upgrade himself to Cat Four for next season. So he's, what, fifteen now? Sixteen? I want to say he's fourteen. Maybe, Maybe he's fifteen. I don't know. Still a young guy. Uh, a lot of years. Uh, also, a big shout out to our teammate Emma Scott. She won the women's four five on a day one and then came in third in the open race yeah nice. she actually finished third overall in the combined men's cat five women's cat four five race oh that's right that way yeah. race that rudy won rudy won it chris finished uh, second and emma won the women's four five race but came in third overall excellent so that was great so the question came up i think uh, a friend of the podcast juby taylor that's true was asking us who wins the podcast this week I'm gonna, I'm gonna, def- I'm gonna say that you won the podcast. You stepped up. You raced three times. Uh, killer, killer race in the Masters race. Okay. Wore your chamois all weekend. I'll take it. Um, had a rough taint. So, uh, Ooh, man. Wow. Okay. I'll, give, I'll give it to you. TMI there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So next up on the docket is the DSGP New Orleans race coming up this weekend. Uh, also a double header state uh regional championships on sunday um that's you know this that, that'll be it for uh our lambert cross season scheduled to take place at the fly in audubon park but uh stay tuned follow dsgp on facebook because our race promoter west mcwarder indicated in ridgeland that there may be a venue change based on potential inclement weather over the weekend so it may be that 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 uh that we're going to have another weekend of slop and rain for mm, DSGP, ugh. which would mean, uh, let's see, six of the seven races this year will have been slop fests if this one is. Well, we live in the swamp, so what do we expect? Um, rain's a lot here. You know, I thought what we kind of could do, just really briefly, um, is just look at the DSGP standings. Actually... They are updated for uh, both races. Um, I'm just going to chat those to you guys so you can look at them. Um, just quickly wanted to go over, um, well, one, two, threes. We'll start there. Uh, no real question there. Um, Scott Cuppersmith is running away with it. But shout out to Jack White, who beat Scott on Sunday. Wow. And the list of people who have beat Scott Cuppersmith at a race, it's three of them now. Jack, uh, Ben Allen, and Zach Thomas. Um, Amarat Chelebi. Amarat Chelebi, that is right. In in second place, we have Jack White. In third place, we have Peter Reed for the overall. No surprises there. Um, Let's look at Cat 4. Cat 4, you know, uh, Bryce Long had a really good race on Sunday against our friend Elliot. I always want to call him Elliot Smith. Elliot Peterson um, for 40 racing in the Cat 4 race. That was That was pretty exciting to watch. 
Great race. But Bryce got him in the end and now is leading the DSGP Cat 4 series. So with... that could be a nail-biter for the finale? Or... Well, uh, no, he's got a fairly commanding lead at okay. this point. Uh, could be it. Could be a nail biter for the uh, the Lambra Championship, though. I think Elliot will give him a run for his money in that one off race on Sunday. Yeah, but it looks like Bryce is in pretty good, pretty good command uh, uh, for the overall. Yeah, second place is Will Gonzaga. He upgraded to three, and third place is Taylor Mills, and he is about ninety points away. So, you know, double points on Sunday. You never know what could happen. There's a drop race. Um, yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. How about this hot women's race uh, at the top? Tiffany Landry and Karen Sego within two points of each other. Tiffany got the best of her on the Sunday race, and that's what separated the two of them. Karen had been in front, and uh, now now Tiffany is. Uh, now Tiffany does have uh, – Karen's going to give up some points when the, uh, when the drops kick in because Tiffany's already missed one race. She missed Baton Rouge uh, round one. So um, – Tiffany probably it would be the favorite going into uh, the final weekend to to win that overall, but uh, neck and neck right now. And Kristen Templet hanging on in third place. Yeah, the Iron Man Award there. I mean, she's just she's raced two races in every uh, in every round of the every, DSGP. Every day there's been a cross race. She's been there doing two races, doubling up. Um, awesome to see. Need more people like that racing cross in Lambert, no don't we? doubt. Uh, let's go to the single speed. We have a Taylor Mills returning champion in the single speed race. Still holding it down. Uh, he's got a little lead, 20-point lead over Elliot Peterson. Um, could be interesting because Elliot's missed a race, so if you drop Taylor's lowest score, that puts Elliot in the lead. Yeah. Mm. So that's going to be a good one to watch. Um, I was thinking that maybe Elliot would want to save himself for the Cat 4 race. But since he's so close in single speed, he'll probably double up again, which means that's good news for Bryce Long. Yeah. Let's go down the tabs to the Masters 40-plus. Well, who's in second place in that overall right now? The Masters 40. I, I, I don't, my spreadsheet crashed on me. Matt, do you have it in front of you? I, don't, I, can't, I, it's, I, I don't. can't open it. Yeah. I so don't. It won't open for me. I don't know. Some um, guy whose some... last name is Malone. <laughs> huh. What do you know? First name T-Bone. T-Bone Malone. Second overall behind the Scott Coopersmith and first um, with a 16-point lead over Jack Porter. Mm. But you you already have your drop races a big zero, so them points are your points. That's right. You got it, baby. Uh, So who knows? Scott Coopersmith, if I can, uh, you know, buy you a steak dinner to stay away from the uh, NOLA one and two race? Is there a way I can catch? I don't think I can catch. I don't think I could catch Scott even if he didn't race. <laughs> Let's see if you got 60 points on day one points. and 120 on day two. I think you could. If I won both days, I if could you, catch if, him. If, if you won both days. And Scott didn't race. Didn't show up. And who else ever showed up the Masters race? You beat them. Yeah. Sounds like some uh, vino bribes are in order. Yeah. Well, it actually sounds like a, a, a near impossibility. So, <laughs> And uh, Jack Porter... Holding on third place in that Masters race. That's awesome. There you go. Shout out to Jack, of course, as you've already said, for uh, building that awesome course in Ridgeland. And I have a feeling that Jack was the the, the prime mover of the, the Heckle Hill scenario. Uh, and those guys, as you said earlier, just to close out on DSGP. And well, we got one more category. Got, oh, we do. That's yeah, right. We got juniors. juniors. And whoa, cool, cool little dude. On top of that junior uh, uh, standings is our friend Arlo McHorter. That is awesome. Also, second place overall, August. Durand. Uh, Durand, we learned this weekend mm. how to actually pronounce his We've name. We've been pronouncing our teammate's uh, name wrong. Did you for mention two the years. women's four fives? We mm. didn't. Where is that? I don't see it. I don't see a tab for the women's four fives on here. There's also no tabs for the men's five. Huh. Hmm. Oh, because that's not a championship jersey. Exactly. Right. Uh, it's not a point scoring. Trying to series. encourage people to cat up. Yep. There you go. <clears throat> Emma <Okay>. Scott. <clears throat> All right. Um, so yeah. Anyway, to finish my thought about uh, Ridgeland DSGP, Jack Porter, Heckle Hill. That's the best party scene of any race in um, in any cross local. Here is the uh, the top of the Fred Astaire's Heckle Hill Ridgeland. They always and this year they really outdid themselves. Yes. Yeah. When it gets going. 
when it gets going, it's good. And they, uh, I shout out to them for sticking around till the end of the one, two, three race and cheering folks on. I was super jazzed to try many terrible wheelies. Yeah. Many time I passed them just because I got a reaction from them and it kind of pumped me and kept me going. So they search Cheerio, you weren't there. So let I me just not. tell you, they had a full bar set up at oh, the top of Heckle Hill. They've really, they've really stepped it up because they, they've given out various things like Bloody Marys and uh, uh, Fireballs and uh, They've always been created with the with the hand up offerings up yeah. there. But yeah, this year it was literally like a full bar like Isaac on the Love Boat. You could walk the guy in a, guy in a black tie and just, you know, no, they didn't have the guy in a So could a you like put your tie, order but, in one lap and then next lap it would be ready there for well, you? Well, you could. You, you, you passed by the backside of Heckle That's Hill. That's a really good idea. About 15 <laughs> seconds before you <laughs> yeah. went around to it. Bar so yeah, you could actually... say, hey, I need some water. That was that was my main request mostly. Boring. Yeah. Isn't it boring? But, <laughs> Dirty yeah. martini, please. Yeah. Shaken, not stirred. Stirred, not shaken. While we were at the Harkies having breakfast on Saturday, we put up a cross race. Yes. A cross race, a Euro cross race that had neither Matthew Vanderpool no. or Wout Van Art. Or even Toon. Toon wasn't there either. Yeah, the, t- the top three in uh, ranked men's cyclocross cyclocross racers were Because not. they're all doing spring break. Down, They're all lodging it up down on in ibiza or whatever they're doing um, so that i mean that that was kind it was kind of retro it was a very retro weekend i'm glad you brought that up yes i think both de- both races had retro results going on yeah i mean because we we flipped it on and who was at the front of the pack but k-pow yeah smooth jazz smooth jazz who actually won the race the men's race yeah and in the women's race, I mean, did you did you watch it? I don't have any sort of tidbits to add, except that I saw that. Well, at, um, Ellen Van Loy just yeah. got the whole shot and took it the whole way. Uh, you know, I mean, she use, I mean, she's she is queen of the whole shot in the women's races. Uh, she's such a strong rider from the start, and she likes to get in front, but she tends to fade later on in the races, and she didn't fade at all in this one, and. Uh, Really well, carried it home. Well, maybe what we realized is, in fact, that it's not that she fades; it's that everyone else eventually just gets faster and stronger and passes her. And maybe you know, did she uh, when those fast people aren't racing against her? Well, no, because the it, women's field was a bit more was a bit more complete than the men's, was it not? A little bit. I yeah, mean, Sana got third. Yeah, Sana was third, but uh, Denise Betsima uh, Burger Time came from. She had a. a pretty bad start but she really worked her way up and you know was it looked like an impossible task it looked you know uh ellen van loy had a pretty big gap but betsima in the last lap and a half really put the hammer down distanced uh sana and and others and re- and came pretty i mean i think another lap and she would have won it for sure but uh, yeah, she came pretty pretty damn close. Four seconds behind yeah. uh, Van Loy. Yeah, I mean, Ellen had obviously sat up a little bit because she saw she got the win on the finish straight, but uh, it was not that big a gap at all by the end. So pretty cool to see uh, Kevin Powell was winning a race. Uh, Jens Adams. Yeah. Name I haven't heard thought about in a long time. Yeah. Eli Ezerby uh, rounded out the podium. In Great third. ride by him. Just that kid is him. I mean, him and Pitcock are really the the stars of the U23 scene. And uh, yeah, he, he he rides his heart out. I mean, he puts everything into it. He's a very physical rider. Uh, great to watch. Really exciting. Um, what else? Uh, I also saw that the Slovakian National CX Champions happen- Championships happened this weekend. Yeah, did you have a live feed of that uh, anywhere? Or? <laughs> I did not, but I noticed that there was no Sagan on the top step, so. no. I guess we won't be seeing any Sagans at the World Championships, unlike a certain Steve Bar. Well, I was just going to say, are you, let's let's get all like uh, getting stupid on uh, mixing up uh, Eastern European countries. No, no, I wasn't. I know you weren't, but I was gonna I was gonna do a stupid segue and talk about another Slovak who's, but he's Czech, right? Zdenek Steve Bar. Yes. Yeah. Not not Czech. not Slovakian. He's Czech. It used to be one country. Uh, interestingly, their road championships are done together. The Czech and yeah. Slovak road championships are it's they, the same race. And they just score them separately. Yeah. 
<laughs> we do that here. Yeah, yeah exactly. I know. I didn't. Pros, I, they're just like us. Yeah. So let's let's briefly talk about um, Stebar. Yeah. Well, mostly what I want to talk about is that Flow Bikes came out with a really extra hot take. Steaming. That Stebar was going to win the world championships. Yeah, and as did our buddy Zach Thomas. Came out with the same steaming hot take. I don't know if it was uh, contemporaneous with that or if he'd seen the no the hot contemporaneous. Take of he was he was uh, excited and uh, disappointed that he wasn't the only one who was claiming that. But uh, the guy Ian Dilly Ian Dill uh, is the guy on Flow Bikes who made the call, mm. and his his reasoning was that um, essentially he's going to race the Christmas week and get a bunch of cross fitness yeah. and then go to the quick step training camp and gain a bunch of more fitness and Vanderpool and wow are just going to be tired out from their full seasons of cross and he's going to win. Well, I mean, we saw him do it once before, but that was against, um, different, that was era. a different era. Yeah. Um, it was the, it was the previous era. This was the, the Sven era. And that was one of the races for the ages, wasn't it? One of the greatest Indeed. cross races ever, I would say, that world champs where Stiebar comes from basically the back row and then it's him and Sven just throwing punches at each other for the entire entirety of the race. It was absolutely superb. Well, Stiebar is going to have to come from the back in this one too. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yep. Well, he'll, yeah, I mean, we'll see. He'll. I guess if he is racing the whole Christmas week, he's got some opportunities to... Uh, to move himself up, you know, I. You know who else might be uh, might be there as well? Oh, Jonathan Page. No, a certain Lars Bohm. Oh, really? Yeah. So we could get a couple of fo- uh, former world champs uh, stepping up. We'll see. Well, speaking of champs, I mean, do we have any more on the Euro Cross? Because I really don't have any more. No, man, you just blew your own segue. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> We'll set it back up again. Um, well, how do we feel? Who do we we do we want to revise our picks for world champs? We talked about it uh, before. No. Yeah, no. I, why well, I pick MVDP? So did I. Oh wait, no, I picked Wout. You yeah. Picked Wout. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm sticking with I'm sticking with Wout. Yeah. yeah. I, I picked uh, MVDP Tunerts to finish second, and Wout. Uh, actually, I didn't pick Wout to finish third because it was just implied that I was saying Wout would finish third. Did we choose a women? Net world champ? I mean, we've got a lot of time, but... Mm-hmm. No, we didn't. That is just a wide Anne open... Anne-Marie Worst is my pick. Wide my, open race. My long-range pick right now. Okay. I'm going to go way out on a limb on that one. And I'm going to say it's going to be Nikki Bramier. Okay. I think it's going to be a really tough course, winter course. It's the It's Boyense. And that's my crazy call, my early call. I'm going to make, break a, a call I'm make an even crazier now. call because I don't even know that this woman has declared that she's racing and I have no reason to believe that she will. I'm going to pick Yolanda Neff. Oh, wow. Okay. She, she, often, she often shows up yeah. to race the cross championships because there aren't a lot of Swiss cyclocross racers. Not, not now. There used to be a lot. Yeah. But yeah. So she, I, I predict Yolanda Neff will suit up to race cross nats and will win. All um, right. Um, well, when you mentioned Neff, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me when Neff and uh, PFP had that mm. epic crash. Um, I did read that PFP is possibly has the <clears throat> iliac artery syndrome. Oh, okay. Although it wasn't, it wasn't called that in the article. It talked about uh, low blood blood pressure in one of her legs. So that might be the reason why her results have suffered and she hasn't been able to go as hard. So hopefully um, she'll get that figured out. Anyway, speaking of championships, speaking of champs, um, this week in this weekend in the States, we had NBX over in Warwick, Rhode Island. And guess who's back, baby? I'm going to guess Stephen Hyde because it's written right here on the agenda in front Indeed. of me. Indeed. Stephen Hyde won both days, and I watched the Crosshairs television video, and he looks good. All right. So doubling down on my call that he'll be a, national, a three-time national champion um, in two weeks. Can I, can I just uh, say something about that? So it, only, it seems like not that long ago that we'd be watching World Cups in Europe, and we'd at least see 
three, maybe four Americans lining up in the men's racing. Mm-hmm. And we are not we are seeing one at the most. And it's not somebody who's a big name. I think it's a combination of a lot of injuries this year to the top of the elite field. Uh, also, I think it has to do with them getting stomped in previous yeah. years. I think I think that's I think that's the the bigger issue, right? And I think that once nationals is done, they'll all go over there. Yeah, or not all, but a lot of them will. Um, also. That costs a lot of money, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of big teams left, and maybe not a lot of money to make it overseas, and you know, get a lot of bang for your sponsors' buck in the states. Also, it's awesome that they're sticking around and racing in yeah. U.S. races. Yeah, okay. maybe not for their careers or for our desire to see them doing well on the European scene, but for the U.S. race promoters. Um, I yeah. think we would have seen Stephen Hyde going to more of these World Cups this year for sure, and and maybe Spencer Petroff and the Candle team, but because of both of their injuries, we didn't. Um, I know that Jay Powell. I think he's he's at a period where he's not going to go across anymore, um, which actually would have been pretty awesome this season to see him race. But he got a fifth place on day two, so he's mm-hmm. he's coming back, coming back strong. In was, was he eighth in day one, fifth eighth in day, day one, two, so yeah. day two. Yeah. I know um, I watched the first of his new Behind the Barrier series and it was, uh, you know, I mean, it was, it was some, you know, it was, it was kind of tough in some ways, you know, watching like just like, you know, showing up to race and then not even like racing, you know, just driving, driving however far they drove and then driving like, like 12 nope. hours to somewhere in Canada and then my back is tweak. Yeah. I can't. So, Bodie, how was the weather in those uh, races this weekend in the uh, in the U.S.? Uh, cross well in mbx it looked uh very cold but also dry Mm. it looked like perfect like my idea of perfect cross weather like you're not covered in mud and like the ground is fast firm underfoot firm underfoot except for the giant sand run that they have at mbx um which just looks so brutal although they shortened it this year but instead of doing more sand you actually go up a double set of stairs and then like ride down the wheelchair ramp back to the course. Okay. Which I don't know, kind of a kind of a interesting feature to add to a cross race. Mm. I like that creative thinking. Speaking of sand, uh, I saw Tim Johnson uh, posted this weekend um, one of the I think it's a uh, Svenness video. I think Svenness four point something from Coxider. And the epic, epic battle between Sven Ness and Wout Van Aert and where Sven, Sven had won the day before. He'd had a pretty poor season or whatever. And uh, he came and he basically was the, that drag race through. It was a muddy mm-hmm. cocksider. So yep. it was thick, muddy sand. And then a muddy section last that last straight before you turn into the into the final and it was a drag race between him and Wout and whoever got to that corner first was going to win and that was such an epic race to watch go check it out if you can uh Svenness four points something and Sven rode away from him and won it Sven took it Sven got the yeah. corner and got the win and I have the photo up on my uh, living room wall that I got from uh Balint Hamvas of uh, of Sven crossing the line with his hands over his face his 50th World Cup win 50th yeah. and final World Cup win yeah uh, no that was a that was a epic great race. race yep and a little well the world champion who was world champion at that time hmm quiz and you have to answer with your name Bodie Bodie okay Vanderpoel yes Vanderpoel was world champion coming right. back that was four years ago mm. coming back from surgery uh, Vanderpoel was at the front for quite a while of that race but he ended up I think he might have finished third but they were Wout and Sven were way ahead by by the end of the race and and I as I remember that um Sven really took him to school on that last corner. Just he, he mm-hmm. it, it was a, it was a, it was more a battle of wits almost than it was a battle of strength at that point because it really was about getting to that corner first and making the move at precisely the right time, and uh, and Sven just rode it perfectly. Yeah, the master, the master at work. Um, back to MBX uh, for the women. Uh, guess who's sort of back? We haven't kind of seen her at the top step in a bit. Uh, Katie Keogh also wins 
both days. Uh, so strong weekend for Cannondale. And that is also the end of the Vittoria series, mm. a UCI series that mainly takes place on the East. Uh, well, I think it is mainly New England-based, except for maybe a race in New Jersey. Pretty sure, I haven't seen the results yet, but uh, Rebecca Farringer won the women's, and Curtis White won the men's, who won every men's race except for NBX Weekend, um, where he came, he got second on day one and third on day two. So, Stephen Hyde is your pick for men's Nats. Have we talked about picks for women's Nats? Well, that, that brings up an interesting... We did. Last... last hmm. um, yeah, Ellen Noble was your pick? Yeah. Yeah. And yours, Townsend? I have a feeling mine was Katie Keogh. Mm. I think mm. I picked Ellen Noble, but I... Yeah. Mm, no, I think you picked Compton. Did I? Yeah. Well... You changed your pick. All right. Uh, well, and that... Speaking of... Happy birthday, Katie Compton. Today, obviously, when this goes out, it won't be her birthday anymore, but uh, Katie Compton, 40 years old today. 40 years young. Now she can come race Masters. Don't in... say 40 years young. I hate that. It's like, okay. sounds Sorry. like people geriatric. You know? Okay. All right. Well, I'm almost 40 myself. So <laughs> I feel you young. 40 years young. I'm 38 years young. Uh, um, also, had a birthday, I guess, the day before, Ella Noble. Yeah. Compton Noble, 2020. There you go. All right, guys. Well, so that about wraps it up for uh, cyclocross, both in the States, locally, and uh, in Europe. So I guess we'll be talking about Nats on the next well, episode I mean, of this podcast, this, right? This weekend, we're going to Ruts and Guts. Yep. I'm pretty excited to put the bike down and pick up my camera again and start shooting photos. I, I've been missing it and watching, looking at everybody's photos on Instagram from MBX and Resolution Cross up in uh, dallas i've just been itching to get out there um so and yeah and then maybe maybe we'll do a show from the road maybe we'll we'll skype in and me and emily will uh tell you how things went up there and yeah. uh, and then townsend is thinking about joining us in louisville for nationals that's right flying about, in and thinking about flying in just for a quick little quick hitter saturday sunday get some interviews for us mm-hmm I'll take him around, introduce him to all my fo- my photo friends, and uh, you can meet Alan Krugoff in person. Yeah, it sounds great. Um, that sounds awesome. Well, so we have another thing on the agenda. A little trash or panache. Always. Who tried to match the panache of the guru? It's tight when it comes to panache. I can't be beat. You know we got panache styles, styles. Get mad cash, keep it there under wraps. You know we got panache styles, styles. Get mad cash, keep it there under wraps. So Townsend, I believe you sent this one to us first. Uh, this week, did, did I? I thought that was maybe Matt that sent it out to no, us. I didn't. You. I didn't send it. I, oddly enough, I was about to send it to both of you, and then I, I it showed up. I was about to send it to both of you guys. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Bodie, I think you did send it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's you? you? Thought about it, and in fact, you did it. Wow. <laughs> you posted it, and I immediately. Um, I'll just go ahead and put it out there. We're talking about the new Sky Jersey. Yeah, uh, Sky Jersey this year is uh, looks mostly black from a distance, although it has sort of a subtle, sort of deep royal purple blue at the top, with the with the sort of not quite noticeable but distinctly funky fade to black. Mm-hmm. Um, simple Sky uh, logo across the chest. It's very simple with with uh, with logos this year. Very very Spartan, very yeah. plain. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I immediately responded to you, panache, dot, 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 with uh, comment. But there, so, are, there are no with comments. Right. I, I'm going to give you my comments now. Okay. okay. Uh, so I'm voting panache. And uh, I'm voting panache because the jersey is, I think, fairly clean and crisp looking. Um. Bodie, I know that. Uh, well, I'll just leave it at that, and then we'll comment. So I'm voting. I'm voting Panache, guys. Matt. Oh, he's really. Matt's had a week to make up his mind, and he's still hemming and hawing here. Uh, this one's a tough call. It's a it's close a tough call. call. I'm gonna say Panache too, but again, yes, 
I, I, I'm, I'm saying it, it, it looks good. It looks a lot better than a lot of the jerseys out there. It's really clean and simple. There's not a lot of crap on it at all. Yeah. Uh, I like that a lot. Just didn't need to do the fade. That was unnecessary. But the fade is way better than those stupid horizontal stripey things that they did before and all that bollocks. Uh, it's still not as good as the Rafa ones. I'm going to say that. Bodie, uh, where, where are you on this? Oh, total trash. Okay. I mean, yeah, the fade. The fade kills me. It just, it doesn't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like we're in fade era right now. I don't know why kit uh, designers are trying to force the fade back on us again. Yeah. Um, so my comment, again, fade terrible. It's no good. We don't, doesn't, uh, totally unnecessary. So that makes it a trash for me though. It makes it a trash for you. I'm saying it's still panache because overall it looks good, but the, you know what would have cleaned this thing up perfectly? Just make it a, just make it a perfect cut between the two. Lose the fade, dark blue, that sort of dark, dark royal blue up top, and then make a distinct break with black beneath it. Have the, the have the top of the jersey just above the chest be blue, and then just solid black beneath that. Actually, you know, I'm looking at the back as well, and the back is super duper clean. There is only a small Castelli and a small Pinarello, and then it's still, and then it has the a pretty fat pale blue stripe down the back. It's actually growing on me a bit more, even even though I already said panache. I'm gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say you. Were. I'm gonna keep it as panache. Um, it, it's not it's not like you know it's not like Astana and Movistar went from like a light blue to a black with their fade things. It's uh, it's more subtle, and I'm 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 all right. You got me, Castelli. This is the best. This is the best Castelli kit that they've done. I like. Sky. I like what they've done with the uh, with the names and the country flags running up the side panel. Last year, they had the names on the back, almost like a uh, yeah, like a, a football jersey. Uh, now they've got them running up the side panel, so you see them uh, from the from the side as they're riding in the in the riding position. Um, Kwiatkowski's jersey looks really nice with the rainbow stripes on the sleeve. I have to say that's a that's a nice touch. Ooh, I haven't looked at that one. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm panache, but again, I I, I wish they had uh, I wish they'd done just a solid break between the the blue and the black. So their sleeves are just getting so long. There there's barely any collar. <sighs> so it's arrow, man. Arrow is everything. I don't so, understand how how is the longer arm sleeves more aero? Because the because the fabric is more aerodynamic than your skin. Oh, that's what. Yeah. So hmm. I'm what okay. guys. What, so why don't they like you know those green man costumes you have with the full body suit covers your face? Why don't they wear those? <laughs> well, well, they do. They're not allowed to via UCI rules. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, otherwise they dress like uh, speed skaters. Yeah, that's right. God, that's such a terrible look, though. Well, I mean, the thing is, you don't want to ride for four to five hours in with your ears and with everything a, covered in a, up. in a newt suit. What do you call those things? <laughs> Arrow is everything you just said, suit. though. <laughs> Come on. All right. Arrow is almost everything. Uh, so no other new kit out this week that I know of. Well, that's what I say. Um, what you know. I, what kits are you most anticipating? I can tell you what the one I'm anticipating the most. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's go there. BMCC and the Music Factory. Uh, no, the oh. one I'm anticipating the most is the new uh, Education First Drapak Cannondale Rafa kit. I'm All really right. intrigued to see what that's going to be. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that. Just hope it's not camo. Now that it's they're not, going with this whole gravel thing. It's not going to be camo. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> they're going to do camo now, aren't they? Yeah, probably. <laughs> God. Uh, let's see. I I, I, I I like Bodie's call. I'm interested in seeing the, the new BMC kits just because, you know, those those can be nice and they just did such a hack job well, on the them CCC last year. team wasn't in an orange. Oh, yeah, crazy. Just bright all orange. And BMC was black and red, which... Mm. Is no, well, there ain't going to be any. It's no BMC involved at all. Oh, that's right. BMC so, is gone. Do we know? Wait, who was their bike uh, supplier? Uh, I'm not sure exactly. There's been a lot of like bike sponsor roundabout stuff going on, and a lot of speculation that proved to be false. I know mm. that uh, Yumbo were theoretically pot- 
potentially getting BMC at one point, but it looks like they're sticking with uh, with Bianchi for theirs. But that's another one. They're not. I can't wait for them to be rid of the lotto balls. Now they're just going to be. <laughs> they're not going to have a bunch of balls on their jersey. Uh, yellow lotto. Be, yeah, yellow lotto. They're just going to be Yumbo. Yeah, uh, is uh, is the name. Those so. could look nice. That could be a very could distinctive be, yeah. distinctive kit. Really, I'm I'm looking forward to all of them because I love cycling kit. Be nice to see what Mitchelton Scott does this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Red Lotto, always, you know, potentially a, a, a great looking kit. Potentially good, but they always manage to screw it up somehow with something dumb. Like yeah. they they had a bunch of balls on their on the back of yeah, the jersey. Yeah, the Krylon spray paint balls on yeah. the back last year. <laughs> yeah, no, two years ago, last year they went back with the retro Fema looking. That's uh, true. They did. Jersey. They did the kind of yeah. Anyway, okay. Well, so. Um, we got a response to our question last week or our proposal last week that people tag us in Instagram photos and ask us to rate trash or panache. But what what do we get this week, Bo? Do we got we got we got two things. One was uh, our buddy Alex Cormier who asked him asked us to trash or panache his pain cave. Yeah, I I don't really have an answer to that. I don't really know how to apply our trash or panache matrix over your pain cave so i just have to yeah you got to take, take a pass on that yeah, yeah i think it, i don't think it i don't think it works in the category here's my quick take on that um a pain cave is both trash and panache it's trash <laughs> because you're riding inside yeah right which by yeah. Ver, by definition is trash it's panache because you're training like you're trying to do some stuff so yeah. even a even a crappy pain cave has has a, a panache component to it because you're in there trying to you know get fit so it's both always um and it's it's really neither uh really what alex i think was maybe asking us to do is maybe another segment that we could that we could come up with which mm. is a sort of a rate my pain cave yeah and that's a scalable thing that's like a one to ten like, so okay, okay what's a zero a zero for a pain cave yeah uh, I guess a zero for a pain cave is like a dumb trainer with like not a dedicated trainer tire on the dumb trainer in the bathroom. Yeah, or like or or, or, or oh, Matt's gonna show us a zero. I think we can use oh the pain scale. We've got the pain scale. Yeah. I like that. Ah, yeah. so, so it goes from smiley face uh, to no pain <laughs> from no which is no pain. To uh, a sad face with tears. Wait, which so is worst pain? Does that so does which is best? Yeah, I don't. Well, that's that's. <laughs> no, I think I think is it better one, to cry? I think you should be happy that you're going in your pain cave. You don't want to be. I think what does your what <laughs> level of pain does your pain cave? The thought of your pain cave cause you? Well, look, I mean, I guess you're gonna get more out of your pain cave if you want to go to it and you're happy while you're doing it. Wait, but guys, mm. hang on a second. Can I just throw this out there? I mean, who hasn't heard no pain, no gain? <laughs> so if you want the gains, wow, this is really I, confusing. If I you want the gains, you gotta have the you gotta have the crying face. So I think that 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 a ten. On the scale is the crying face. The, no, ha- the, the happy face, face means come... you're still slow. I I disagree. It doesn't hurt. So no, I, I argue. Like... I'm gonna argue, sorry. I'm gonna argue conversely <laughs> to that because you want all that crying to come from the workout, not from the room. Because that otherwise, going in if the, going in there causes you all that pain to start with, you're not gonna get maximum pain from your workout. Uh, I don't like your logic there, Matt. <laughs> okay, so check this out. Let's okay. So you're on a road trip. And you're heading to a race, and you couldn't do your openers because you worked all day on a Friday, and you got to get them openers in. So you stop at Bucky's, and you drag your trainer into the bathroom stall, <laughs> and it's kind of wet on the floor, and the toilet is clogged. Yeah. Um, but you put your trainer up in the stall, and you pump out your openers. What are we going to rate that? We need like a baseline. What is that? That's like a negative square root of that's a square root of negative one. I would say that that's like that for me, that would be the worst pain, right? So that's a pain scale is like, how good is this pain? That is that is the worst. <laughs> okay, it says how good is this the pain? worst pain? Is it good pain or is it bad pain? That's bad pain. See, and here I was all along thinking that really the what we're rating the pain cave is like how tricked out it is, like how how 
easy is it for you to get in there and do your workout? Like, is it a dedicated well, space? Yeah. Do you have a dedicated screen, mm-hmm. dedicated computer, dedicated fans? Mm-hmm. What What are you running? Swift, trainer road, how, what's your trainer like? Like right. all that sort of stuff. And yeah. it really doesn't have anything to do with how hard you work out. Because you can, you can get a solid tear-driven, painful, frowny face. You just like got as deep into the pain cave as you could possibly get in the worst possible trainer room in history, right? You could, but that again, my argument would be if I'm in a bathroom stall in a Bucky's, <laughs> that that my my level of pain is already maxed out even before I've started my That's workout. right. So that would be a terrible pain cave. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Bodie, I get the distinct sense that you may have done that once or twice in your life. <laughs> yeah, maybe. The way you describe it. Yeah. Wow. I could, almost, I could almost smell it. Hey, I was super serious about racing at one point. Anyway, okay. So, guys, do that. You want to tag us in your pain cave photo? Mm -hmm. We'll rate your pain cave. Rate my pain cave. And we'll, from a smiley face at best to um, sad face with with, uh, gushing tears. Well, that works with the emojis. So, especially do it on Instagram and Facebook, man. Dang. Yeah, just boom, boom, boom. Put them on there there and we'll just just rate it. I'll try to remember this rubric, though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll 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 get that better defined uh, we'll put, as we go along. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, well, guys, well, I, do we do we have a, an initial rating for Alex's pain cave? I haven't even seen the picture. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm gonna give it. Um, I'm gonna give it a smiley face. What? What is? You uh, haven't even seen it. I know about Alex's pain cave, though. It's been described to me. And um, I know that he is uh, pretty serious about it and has like a pretty dedicated setup. And um, well, yeah, I don't. Okay, so I'm I I pulled up his Instagram, and we should, um, we'll post this for the for the I'm just listeners. Gonna, Facebook does this thing, or there you go. I just rated it three tier guys. Oh really? You don't like it? It's a sad pain cave. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's looking at some diplomas. On the oh, wall, yeah. in a crudely drawn f- painting or drawing of a building, and he's doing Trainer Road, so he's not in Swift. Okay, he's not even like watching a cross race or anything like that. Well, Trainer Road—that's that's a real—that's almost a purist thing because it's like no, vi- no, the, the only visuals are levels of pain uh, on there. You don't get to see any nice scenery or anything. So he's he's a bit of a purist. I don't think he's on a smart trainer either, is he? Ooh. I think no, he is. He emailed us. He's on a kicker core. Oh, he's got a kicker now. Okay. All yeah. Right. And uh, and as I enlarge this photo, I'm looking and I'm seeing that uh, these diplomas are. Uh, he has a PhD in wattage. So <laughs> I'm, you're gonna have to give him some points for that. Doctor of watts. <laughs> Maybe I rated it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. So the tiered face is bad. Yes, the smiley face is good. Okay. Yeah. All right. All um, right. So I, I'm gonna I'll I'll give you a review a little bit later. I'm gonna study that a little bit more in depth, uh, Alex. Uh, I am seeing that your diplomas are bigger than your screen there, so <laughs> I don't think you're gonna lose. You're gonna get some demerits for that from me. Um, guys, before we get out of here, though, mm. um, to switch it around a bit. Um, today we learned that Paul, or was it? It was last, yeah, yesterday we learned that Paul Sherwin had died, passed. That's right. Yeah, sort of the the one of the two, the Paul and Phil, um, sort of the at this point infamous uh, announcers of the American American voices of the Tour de France, right? Much much loved, but uh, oft criticized. Um, yeah, commentators, especially in more recent years, yeah. I would say. Yeah, but I mean, uh, certainly his influence and 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 his place in in cycling lore uh, as a cycling journalist uh, cannot be denied. Certainly a, a, a wonderful uh, voice of, of cycling and, and one that anyone who's, especially in the States, has spent time uh, watching and uh, yeah. the Tour de France uh, knows knows well. So sad to, sad to see. He was uh, relatively young. Yeah, 62. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, I, you know, for me, it was listening to Paul and Phil. I mean, not Phil at... at not Paul at first, but you know, listening to Phil in the in the mid '80s was my first introduction to you know the Tour de France on television, and then you know, and then after um, after, of course, uh, Paul Sherwin was racing in the Tour de France at that time, and then uh, after he retired, I think '87 was his last uh, 
last season. Then he uh, he joined Phil Liggett, and uh, yeah, the pair of them. Interesting, kind of like they changed roles over the years. Like um, Phil was the main voice, and Paul was the kind of the color commentary guy. And then they sort of in the, later on they really kind of switched roles. That Paul really did, you know, the majority of the of the main commentary on on, on everything. Did they do the tour this year? Uh, yeah. So if you went and looked, listened to, you went and saw like a recap episode. You I think could on the main hear, NBC feed, right? The they Paul did. Yeah, film. they they did Paul. not do the. Um, they did not do the uh, NBC Sports Gold, uh, not the feed. not the non-commercial uh, right. one, but you could even on NBC Gold you could get both versions. That's right. Um, but they're also a big champion of the uh, Tour of California. You know, that's which, true. That's that's where I, you know, obviously I love Tour of California. We know we all know that it's my favorite Grand Tour. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Paul and Phil is uh, is that's that what they had their impact on me with that race for sure. So sad to hear. Yeah. Um, Very nice to see all on Twitter, especially I saw a whole bunch of tributes uh, from other cycling commentators. There was a really nice one from uh, Matt Stevens. Uh, he shared a, a, an instant message that he'd got from Paul Sherwin. He said, oh, I just listened to you commentating. I thought you were really good, you know, which it really, you know, and uh, I think it's an industry where people are not often congratulatory of others but he apparently was somebody that would always um give the time to recognize others and and uh, and speak to them and apparently was very approachable and a, a great character and, and very fun and also impeccable french and uh, he was a we learned i learned today a british national champion he was yeah on the road so I asked you, Matt, on the way over here, did he have a sort of catchphrase like uh, Phil's dancing the pedals? And I think one of, one of the things Paul was, uh, uh, and I think this is partly why Paul and Phil got derided a little um, in more recent years by people who were, I guess, more experienced fans of cycling, was their, I would say the commentary was very much aimed at the person getting into watching yeah. cycling and they were about, which, you know, is a, it's a double-edged sword, isn't mm -hmm. it? Because they're trying to bring people in. And I guess one of Paul's big catchphrases, I mean, not exactly a catchphrase, but he would very often repeat that in, uh, you know, in a pace line that the person in third or fourth wheel is working 70 or 70% 70 of what the person on the front is working, you know, and, and that was kind of like his thing that he would say a lot during during commentary. But uh, he was also very good at describing all the castles and everything. Ah, good to know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one of the things that really amazed me from watching his commentary, like I said before, was um, as soon as they're doing a kind of post-stage interview with somebody uh, where he would just directly switch to French and translate what was being said by the interviewer and the interviewee just impeccably while they're doing it, which is a heck of a skill. Although some, although that means that we don't get things like burger time. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, I think this is it for uh, episode 67. Townsend, you want to start the sign-offs? Sure, uh, Bodie. This is T-Bone, and I'm saying uh, good night tonight, and I will see you all at the uh, Lambra Cyclocross Championships next weekend. And this is Sacherio, and I might just try and squeeze into my ever tighter skin suit and uh, show up there uh, just, you know, purely out of a support kind of uh, view. Well, you have a beat on in the back of your skin suit. <laughs> Maybe I will. <laughs> it would be hard to access it from inside a skin suit. It might be a funny inside joke, though. It may be. I might do that. And this is the Bodie Bodie saying, once again, please send us any questions, comments, or concerns at yayuride at gmail.com. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Please do that. We haven't had a review since July of this year. Um, we're feeling a little unloved. So, Juby, uh, give us a review. We appreciate you uh, listening to the podcast. Um, and I will not see you guys at the Lambert Championships, but I will uh, uh, call in from the road, from Ruts of Guts and Nationals. So look forward to uh, speaking to you all then. Have a great trip, Bodie. I will. Thank you.
Okay. Already. Let's we- go. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. Anytime now. <laughs> <laughs>